1: Welcome along to the Wiseman's podcast. We are here to discuss a huge win in Sunderland's quest for promotion this season. Joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, as always, is Gareth Barger. Good evening. Yeah, save a small talk because we're going to come on that straight away. And uh, also <laughs> joining us is, um, is Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. Good evening, Phil.
2: Good evening.
1: Evening. Good trip for you. Very
2: nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely an upgrade on most the way it is in League One, I would say Oxford. Well
1: if we're not, not talking about well, we're not talking about the ground surely because that's a it's an absolute dispute. No
2: just the general.
1: <laughs> take 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 the ground out of it. Um
2: the, you know an evening in Oxford very very enjoyable. Um but yeah no the stadium's terrible obviously.
1: Yeah I mean out, terrible, so. out of all of the things we've we've Learn from <laughs> from this weekend, really, and and Sunderland's win at Oxford. Uh, only one place to start, um, and that is that uh, Gareth decided to um have his post match beers in a bowling alley. No, and, no uh, it wasn't and, decide. It didn't decide, <laughs> and, to. And not only that, because that sounds terrible enough. There was um, a stag party in there, which yeah,
3: there was. It was,
1: kind of defies belief.
3: I mean, yeah, it was like it's like three and a half miles from the reason we we're in there is because we're like, we well, we'll go in here, just get a taxi, have a drink, and then when the taxi gets, we'll finish our drink, taxi will get there, and we'll go. And it was just a nightmare.
1: I can see the logic in it, but did it did it backfire? But did you yeah. think it was going to be easy to get a taxi and get out of there?
3: Well, <laughs> it's it's been done before. Most in, a, in a, it was a lot more straightforward the first time. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, I was in there for longer than it was quite a thing. though were coming out after like, uh, like last minute winner walking out, walking in there, and then there's just like loads of kids and the two two p machines and that. you like, oh, it's like a different world. Well, a I mean, a different kind of Saturday of the afternoon. It's a good job we won because
1: I would imagine that had we lost that game, that would have been a very depressing experience. Yeah,
3: different kind of funny. I think
1: yeah, you can just about gloss over it if you've. If you won the game. But, uh, yeah. Will you be doing that again well, next time you go? You like going to Oxford, don't you?
3: I don't know. Well, Maybe you're, not, you're on out. a massive
1: away day going. It's just a strainer. Well, you know, it's either the end of the country and it's one you seem to go No, to. I just say, I
3: don't, well, regularly. I don't pick... Well, no, I regularly? I don't pick my um, away days on, like...
1: Ball and alleys.
3: On certain things. So, it just depends. I only try and go like, three or four, yeah. Because I can't be affording to go, like, every week. And, like, I think I'd be divorced. So, um, you know, oh, yeah. it's like I kind of pick three or four a season, and then usually just do it as like, making like stay over and stuff like that. Do something around it rather than just go to the match and come home again. Because if you've lost, that's incredibly depressing. So at least the the match becomes secondary to the weekend. That that's that's the way I like to do it. Yeah,
1: I Stayed over could be quite depressing as well. Stay, sitting there, eating some food on the night we have just been home to six nil at Barton down in Lancashire, isn't it? Uh, wasn't a very well, nice feeling.
3: Well, you shouldn't need to stay over if you go to Bolton, should you? I mean, yeah, just... we
1: can't go see my dad, graph lives nearby. Nah. So, there you go.
3: Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh,
1: right then. So, we well, we, we've asked some people for their to share their experiences. We'll have a look at that later and uh, we'll talk about the the match first. Um, oh, slight tweak in the way set up again, Phil and, and Matete brought, brought back in out of the cold was a was the was the main take from the from the team selection before the game?
2: Yeah, I was a little bit surprised when Teta came back in. Um, he probably, I, I thought Mettete probably summed up, summed in the first half, actually, in that there was a lot of, um, made quite a few errors in possession. Um, but he did look a threat as well. You know, the number of times he sort of spun away from his marker, he's very, very good at that, and then carrying the ball sort of 15, 20 yards. Um, and obviously it eventually paid off paid off for the goal um you know it was it it was a strange game wasn't it because I didn't think Sunderland played particularly well they certainly didn't have the level of control we used to seeing them have away from home but having said that um you know they constantly sort of created decent chances on the counter um and with a bit more quality you know they could have had a few more goals so it was quite a strange game um you know Neil was very candid afterwards in saying that you know the first half he felt he'd got it wrong um but they did always feel like they were in the game, and I suppose it eventually kind of paid off in the end. And we continue
1: a good run, run down there. Um, I mean, the last ten minutes before we scored, I was sort of pacing around, watching her, and "We get out of A with a point now, take a point." When they were starting to turn up the pressure, um, so it, it was nice that uh, that trait we've picked up. And whether this is disguising how good Sunderland are as a side at the moment, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. But it's a trait, and it's another, it's another late goal. And even just having that reputation, Gareth, will worry teams, won't it? When you're going into the final stages of a game now, because everybody, you know, is talking about it when they when yeah. they're looking at League One.
3: Definitely, um, you know, we've 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 been here before in the past. Um, obviously, we've talked plenty of times about Keane and that, you know, the, the last minute goals across the two seasons. He was in charge. Um, and you know, I don't think it's just the opposition kind of worry about it. Um, I think it's more that it's a self belief in the team that if you keep going, um, you might create that chance and, and take it. Um, it's a psychological thing, isn't it? So, I think it was, it was, um, it, it's an interesting one that when when Neil says he didn't think he got it right in the first half, the, the difference is when we've got it wrong in the past, um, and it, it just goes wrong, like sort of when the selection's not being right or the, the setup's not being right, we're not being right tactically, we just collapsed. Whereas now, if things are going wrong in terms of how we want to address the game, we, we seem to go right well, you know, we don't just fold, you know, we keep we, we'll. We'll stay in the game. We'll defend. Um, you know, we, the, the weakness at the weekend, I think, was probably we didn't have anyone in, to receive the ball. Um, what, to transition out of defence at times, which meant we were under a little bit more pressure than than we have been recently. Um, but, you know, I think as the game went on and they were pushing on, I think, because I think they realised they had to win that game you know, those little gaps start to appear for us. And I think, you know, my showed for the winner, you know, picking up that space, retaining the ball and then driving driving through to create that chance. You know, I think it's been something we've seen with a lot of sort of the goals we've scored under Neil where you've got players who want to get on the ball, take responsibility and, you know, really drive at the goal and, you know, make something happen. And, um, you know, it worked again, and you gotta think that if we do, we should get into the playoffs, I think, really from here from this position. I think if we don't, it'll be a real disappointment. Um, but you know, like you say, that that having that psychological edge, maybe with knowing that you you can nick that goal at the end is massive, especially when you're going into big games like playoffs.
1: I just think it's actually thing opposition will will start to worry about now when it gets to that. When it gets to that stage, like you know, they'll be fully aware that we are scoring these um, late goals. But I mean, importantly, Phil, we've, we've not for definite, but probably not only won and consolidated our own um, fight to, to get promoted. We've arguably taken Oxford out of the equation at the same time. Yeah, I mean, the this,
2: this swing in the last sort of five minutes of the game was unbelievable, really, you know, in terms of, I think, Gillingham and Sheffield Wednesday were both winning, weren't they, with about 10 minutes to go. So I think we were going four points adrift of both of those teams. Oxford would have still been in it. Um, So it, I think it was, you know, for me, it's probably the most significant goal of the season so far and probably remind me a little bit of the Rochdale game, the first season we were down here, in terms of that real um sort of swing and where you really thought, oh, hang on, things have really swung in our favour, so... I suppose that's a lesson not to get too carried away just because we found it, because <laughs> it can go, quickly go the other way as well. I think, but it was a, it was a hugely significant goal. Oxford have quite a tough run in. I think they still got MK Dons and Rotherham to play, and they probably need to win all four of their games. So, um, I think it probably is, um, you know, sort of two from three. And it's just interesting as well, isn't it? I mean, I think you know, I suspect Plymouth will finish above Sunderland, but all of a sudden. It's five points now, someone've got a game in hand and we play Plymouth on Monday, you know, and everyone knows Plymouth have got a tough run in, so it has really shaken things up um yeah, he, you know a hugely important goal because like I say when you know when he brought Bart on for Broadhead, which I think to be fair turned out to be a really good sub um in terms of changing the shape and getting more bodies up the pitch, but at that point, I was thinking correctly that's a bold move, given that we're we're going away here um so yeah it, you have big, to get the, big, big you have to minutes. get those
1: you have to get those ones right don't you. When you, when, you yeah. make a,
2: when you make a call and it, like
1: that, it needs to work.
2: Yeah, and I think that's probably Neil's best quality. I, I, I don't think you really bothered at all what anybody thinks, and maybe that gives them sort of the the conviction to make those decisions. But, you know, it, it did work because Oxford were putting a lot of crosses in the box, and I thought we looked a lot more stable after Bart came on. Um, and, you know, Gooch moving higher up the pitch did make a difference. Um, so, yeah, that was another another good call. And we talk about the late goals. You know, it's no coincidence that a lot of the time it is a substitute to our made an impact. I suppose you could always make the make the argument that maybe you're not getting your team right from the start. But I think you have to say that it's something that he's done very, very well is is using his bench to to change the flow of games.
1: I think that's important though. Like football has evolved to that position now, hasn't it? Where you know subs were very much like, no, get it right at first and then you make changes later and, and it's not the way the top managers think anymore. They think about the full 90 minutes and utilizing the bench at different phases of the game. So it is really encouraging that his substitutions work because that's what, something else that people notice. I mean, Elliot Embleton, I mean, nobody thought he was going to miss it because he's he's quite assured in that position, and he hadn't really been on the long on the pitch long either. And that that's an assist and a goal in his in his last two games. So um, it's an interesting dilemma as to whether he comes into the side or whether Neil sees him as a useful substitute. I guess. Um, Ross Stewart missed a, a chance of 2 1. On the other hand, I didn't feel confident he was going to score at all. And what, what does that tell us about his form that I instinctively thought he's going to miss this? He's not in form, is he? Do
3: you, do you not think that those chances are weird in that oftentimes the, the chances aren't taken? It's like when you see, like, um, like a you know, when like a team's overcommitted from a corner or something because they're chasing a game and there's a break on, and it's like you've got like a two against one. And like the defenders back peddling, you think, "Oh, we have to score here." And I would say, like, like it's usually the chances missed. It's really strange, and like it's, it was one of those where I felt like, "Yeah, the, he's going through." It's almost like you got it's it's not a it's not a normal situation for a game, is it? Like, I don't you mean running but through if forty I, yards from a goal, completely unchallenged? It's it's not too it's, much time
1: to think, almost. Yeah, I know too what, much time. I, and I know what you mean.
3: It's not a normal scenario. But and like, if
1: that had been not, broadhead. Um, if that had been Broadhead, I think, or if that had been Imbleton, I would have been mm-hmm. confident that the you know the. Wasn't not
3: coming. He scored. I just think he, wait, he was waiting for the keeper to go first, and then the defender closed his opportunity down on the inside, so he had to go at the keeper's left. So, he just if he'd taken it earlier, then that was probably what he needed to do. But I mean, he does miss a few Stuart, to be fair, but he's got what one in two this season, so. It's difficult to really uh, be overly critical.
1: No, he's a division's joint top scorer, isn't he? I think it just you know, I, I think what I'm getting at is because because c- 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 he's not in form, I just didn't have a have a good feel about it. But do you think, um, is anything? there's a reason for this, Phil? His his form at the moment is anything to do with the way the new manager plays, or do you think he's just knackered? I mean, we've spoken many times on here about the amount of minutes he's been expected to play throughout the season. Yeah, I think. I, I don't think the service to him has been brilliant in
2: the last few weeks in terms of some of the arms kind of flashing a lot of balls across the box. You know, if you think of a lot of Stuart goals, you know, sort of those near post headers or um, crosses from the byline that are cut back, and there's not actually been a huge amount of that. And it was something that Neil spoke about before the Oxford game, um, you know, in terms of the development of his attack and something he said in terms of we're not getting to the byline enough and sort of delivering crosses from there. And I think you can see that at the moment that Stewart's not quite getting that service. Um, you know, like as I say, although it wasn't the best performance, there were actually so many times on Saturday where someone got to sort of the edge of the box or they got into a position where Broadhead or Stewart was there for the little slide pass and just didn't quite execute it. So I'm not too concerned, to be honest. I think I kind of agree with Gareth. I think there was it was a bizarre sort of passage of play for that effort in terms of the adrenaline from the goal. You know, nobody would expect the Oxford midfielder to make that error and then he just had too much time. But um I do definitely think the service can get better. And I suppose that comes back to which wide players you pick. Um, you know, particularly if you play a back four. Um but I'm not hugely concerned. I think I think the goals will sort of sort of come back. And the thing about Stuart, his contribution is still massive, isn't it? You know, the amount yeah. of set pieces he headed clear, um, the pressing, you know, a lovely assist for Embleton's goal. I think that's kind of the beauty of Stuart he makes an impact even when he's when he's not scoring goals he's still an important player um
3: he could yeah, have had um, a he could have had a, an assist in the first half couldn't you when he obviously that one for broadhead that was cleared yeah. off the line um right really in, sort of early in the piece so yeah i mean yeah his assists sort of a tally is Great. Pretty, pretty low it's pretty low for for him cuz he seems to be involved in so much um i think he's only got about three for the season um he would think you'd have a few more, but um, yeah, it's uh, not. I'm not like like you say. Phil, I'm not overly concerned. Just gen generally, you know, this is the first bad run he's had in about a year. Well, yeah, because he started scoring at the back end of last season, didn't he? He got that goal against Plymouth, and he scored in the playoff semi. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not particularly concerned. I think keep on saying I wasn't the greatest performance but at the same time it's like well was it was it bad like in or was it not what what was not good about it that we didn't we didn't sort of retain the ball well enough maybe at times and give the ball away in midfield a bit too often um, but I think in, in other aspects of it it's like well if you're going to do that then the good things are being able and not Concede goals and you know, we concede from a set piece, um, which is annoying, but at the same time, we haven't, we haven't been, you know, obviously, Patterson played a big part in that with this with that save in the second half. But we haven't been breached again from open play. Um, you can't, I just don't think you can understate, you know, we weren't lucky defensively. Do you know what I mean? It, it was good from a defensive perspective in what we did, um, but I understand why. If you come out of that game and you've drawn it, some people might be a lot more critical.
1: I'm not sure many people stopped back their goal, to be fair. I think it's just, it was a good free kick and yeah. a seven foot odd bloke got up and headed, smashed a of past the keeper, yeah. to be fair. Like, you know, the, the, the fair play at the opposition at the time. They've, they've executed that really well. And I think, you know, Phyllis is one of the league's better sides. Oxford are always there or there about sort of edge of the playoffs um, or into the playoffs, usually. And um, and this was like win or bust for them as well. This is not just a you know mid mid season game, you know, where um, there's nothing riding on it as such. This was this was a team who, who who were coming to this game thinking we have to win this game, one of the better sides, and gone all out to win it. And to, take, to just to go and have the character and take those three points is it's not you 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 know you you can't underplay that, can you? It's a it's a massive result. It's a
2: massive result. And and Oxford are a decent side and they've got very good individuals. And you know, you can see that in that and you know that may that's part of the aspect when we're saying that you know probably wasn't someone's best performance. You know, part of that is because Oxford do have the players that if you, you know, if you cough up possession in dangerous areas, they, they have got the quality to to counter quickly. Um I mean it was a really, really good result. Um, you know, I thought that you know the character to sort of stay in the game, particularly through that second half, the save from Patterson is outstanding. Yeah. Um, you know, I couldn't really sort of see him behind sort of the line of defenders from where I was. And, you know, you see the header coming and you're just waiting for it to go in and then he just flies from from nowhere. Unbelievable save and, you know, there's another area of the pitch where, you know, six weeks ago there was a lot of debate and discussions about who should be playing and he's kind of made it his own, hasn't he? Um so I think there's a you know, I just think it's it's as positive as I've been for quite some time really. Um, You know, we're talking about a performance that wasn't perfect, but was still, as in, it was short of what we know this team can do. But they they played, you played well against really good opposition. Um So fingers crossed, we have a a good Easter weekend because I'm just just starting to get a little bit optimistic again, which
3: is a very 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 dangerous place to be. Uh,
1: we know what happens with that. Yeah, exactly.
3: I mean, I mean, Neil, what he must he must be up around that two points per game over his ten games in charge. I haven't worked that out. My-
2: Nineteen points. Nineteen. So
3: yeah. Yeah. So he's he's there or thereabouts. Um I just feel like whatever happens this year, um, you know, and ha- I feel like he's he has given us a chance. I know there'll be debates about whether the previous manager would have had us in a similar place um based on results over a period of time, but you know, the the results had over sort of a few months. Been far too sporadic, um, and you just didn't know what you were going to get. Um, you know what you're going to get with this team, whether it yields results or not is another question, but at least you know they're going to go out there and they're going to be solid, hard to beat, organised. Um, and if the opportunities come to take the chances, we've proven that we can do it um, more often than not. Obviously, there's the nil nils against Lincoln and Charlton, and we're laboured a bit against Gillingham, but um, yeah, it, it, they can do it. And it, it does give us a bit of hope that even if we go, if we don't go up this year, I feel as though we've got the right man for next year, right. without doubt. Like, it, like, I really do. Like, I just think, like, what I've seen in terms of, i mentioned this on the reaction, but, like, we look like the other teams I get promoted from this league at the moment. Like from what I've like when I watch some of the other teams, I'm like, God, like this isn't great. But like they're just not. They, these aren't getting beat. Like they're not going to lose the game. Like they're just going to like stay in it and then like hack the way to victory sometimes. And then other weeks are like wallop someone, but you know to find a way to win. And you could probably look at you know Wigan have done. I mean Wigan have done amazingly. Really. I mean people said they were going to. Struggle because of all the games in hand, but what, they've got 86 points from 40 games? I mean, they might yeah. get 100 points.
1: Yeah, it looks, it looks like it are on course for it. Well, we'll talk about this, and we'll, we'll have a little break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this stuff and more.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: Welcome back to the Wise Men's yeah, podcast, right? No midweek game uh, to look at for Sun Learned. Obviously, we've got Easter weekend coming up, um, which is often a make or break um, in terms of people's <laughs> promotional relegation um, campaigns. Um, you said you're feeling really optimistic again now, Phil. Uh, is that in comparison to other seasons? We're, it's, it's weird we're in a different place now, isn't it? It's, it's more comparable to the season Phil Parkinson had when the league got cancelled, where we were on a bit of a a good run at the time and looking like you, you were quite, you know, confident we were going to make the playoffs after being nowhere near automatics. Um, and of course, you know, last season and under Jack Ross, they were right up in the automatic places and at this stage of the season collapsed. So it's a little bit different. Is it, is it the steady progress that you're excited about? Um, well, yeah, I think, from what I've seen so far,
2: I feel like they're not going to lose many games between now and the end of the season. I think that the you know the one thing that we've seen from Neil since he came in is that, generally speaking, he picks his defensive personnel pretty well and they give up very few chances. And I think that although the attack and play at times hasn't been great, hasn't been particularly enjoyable to watch, I do still think the personnel you've got there, um, I think you're always going to have a chance. So I feel fairly optimistic. Um, and I wouldn't go any further than fairly optimistic just through hard experience um, following Sunderland. But I feel fairly optimistic we'll get, you know, the points we need to get into the playoffs. And I think once you're there, you know, I, I, I do think Neil could be a good, you know, we've seen the way he set up for one-off games. At times has been very impressive. So I don't know. I just feel like in terms of the on-pitch stuff, I think we're at this stage, I think the general squad is in a better place than it probably has been. Um, in previous seasons, um, in terms of the depth, the balance, and if yeah, like I say, I, I do feel like um, you know this guy could could win games in the playoffs because um, he's obviously very astute and he's obviously very good at reading the opposition. But you know, obviously, I'm sort of always wary that you never quite know when the next um, something calamity is around the corner. So I'm certainly not getting carried away. But I, I just feel like I just feel like we're in a pretty good place at the moment.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? Because he he. Um that's something that jumps out to you how um, meticulous he is in, in, in terms of planning for one-off games. Like you say, he always seems to know the opposition, right? This is what we're going to do to win this game. And this is what we're going to do to win that game. And he's quite clear on it. And that is, you would rather that going into a playoff campaign than what you'll get under Lee Johnson, for example, which is, this is us. And, you know, you might win five, you might lose six, no. Um And, you know, you, you don't think you will get that. But he's also said that, He's kind of also, he's all almost doing this now because he hasn't had a chance to put his own stamp on things, though, hasn't he? So I think that's quite interesting because then you're thinking, well, you know, we're praising him for doing the game-by-game game thing where actually he's indicated that he wouldn't be doing this if he had a choice. Well, I think there's certainly in terms of the attack and play, I don't
2: think he's had any kind of sort of anywhere near the level of time on the training ground he would like to sort of establish what he would, sort of terms as his patterns of play and how he likes to set things up. So I think it's more about, he's obviously identified when he came in, his immediate priority was was sorting the defence out and that's obviously kind of guided everything he's done. So yeah, I, I don't think he would necessarily want to rotate as much as he has done over the last few weeks. And I think, let's say if we were looking ahead to next season, I think he would definitely like a bit more stability in terms of formations. I don't get the impression he's particularly comfortable with having to change all the time. Um, but having said that, you know, he, he he is very strong, isn't he, in saying that he doesn't understand, you know, superstitions in terms of if you win a game, your team should be the same the next week or anything like that. So um yeah, I do think you I do think he would like a little bit more stability ideally, but I think because you know he hasn't had that time on the training ground, certainly in an attacking sense. I think his focus has very much been elsewhere and and so far it's it's worked reasonably well. Yeah, certainly
1: how's about you, Gareth, where are you now in terms of Optimism,
3: um, <clears throat> I feel like we'll, we'll make the playoffs now. I think, um, you know, it's the fact that Wickham have got one fewer game to play one and then us, and they've got M, uh, Plymouth, and And so I feel like you know, that that chef wed Wickham game. Is, ma- is massive. I mean, if Sheffield won that, that would be it probably, wouldn't it? I mean, he, I, he, he, it might be over by then, I don't know. Um,
1: When's that? Sorry?
3: I think that game is... Let me go check. I don't, it's, I don't think it's Easter weekend. I think it's like the game after. So we've got, we're have going to Rotherham play tomorrow night. Um, and then... On Friday, Wickham play Plymouth. Um, and Sheffield Wednesday have got MK Dons. Um, and then on the Monday, Wickham play FC Wimbledon. You'd expect them to win that game. And Sheffield got crew. Again, you to win that. Um, and then the second last game of the season for Wickham and Sheffield Wednesday. Well, for Wickham anyway, it's Wickham Sheffield. So. Yeah, I mean I just feel as though our tougher we've ticked off one of the tougher games. Of the of the five we've got left, yeah, we've got Rotherham and and Plymouth. Um but you know the, the three other games we've got left you'd expect us to get, you know, I would expect us to get nine points in those games.
1: It was actually after Easter last year when the wheels come off. So we had a decent Easter weekend. So we
3: beat, oh, well, yeah.
1: we beat Oxford at home. And you remember that time when Carl Robinson had a bit of yeah, a... Yeah, a, yeah, Yeah, which, which is always nice. And that was a good win against Oxford, ironically, it seemed, at the time. And then we went to Peterborough, who were up, obviously up there with us on the bank holiday Monday and drew, and drew 1-1. Um, and and did then we, lose the
3: Charlton? we
1: lost yeah. three games in a row after that. Yeah. Charlton at home, Wigan away, Blackpool... At home and then drew uh, at Hull, and then drew at, at home to Wacker and Stanley, and then mm. lost at home to Blackpool. So I mean, wow, that is that is that is something that like um, was it the Easter time as well under Jack Ross when we lost when we lost the last minute equalizer to Plymouth. It was a Bank Holiday. I'm not sure if it was Easter or not. It was
2: uh, Easter Monday. I think it was Peterborough when Matt Godden scored pretty much the last kick. Yeah, I think. Someone might correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, it was. It was Easter Power, Power scored, didn't he? 80 eighty fifth minute or something like that. Yeah. And then Peter Brish scored. So that 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 was a uh, um that was a really yeah. I mean it wasn't a terrible result, but it was a real sort of letdown after going ahead so late. Um yeah. Uh,
1: Easter. Any 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 other Easter ones
3: coming? Yeah, well, you don't. Well, you, we have to talk about like Mike Sheeran. Like <laughs> I was time. wondering if that's what you were going to say every time then. the Mike the Mike Sheeran weekend. That's what it. That's what it is, isn't it? That's. We'll um,
1: you want to remind some of our listeners, well, some of our younger we, listeners, we have, what, happened, yeah. what happened there. Well, you brought it up now, so you're gonna have to follow it through.
3: Well, I feel, it feels like you just listen to any episode around this <laughs> time of the year, and then we'll talk about Mike Sheeran. What happened was, yeah, so something we're tuning up against QPR and cruising. Um, on a Friday night. Friday. It Was um, absolutely starting it down. Um and um with about ten minutes to go, Mike Sheeran scored, got one back. a Nice sort of finish on the edge. It was like the outside of the foot was half full. It was quite a nice finish on the edge of the box. And then Chris Megan um came on as a sub and under hit a back pass, but got stuck in the in the water and um Mike Sheeran went through and, and slotted it in. And uh that was it. Sunderland's we went from going, oh, you know, we're looking good for automatics here to, oh, no, basically. And then we went to West Brom on the Easter Monday and drew 3 all. After
1: winning, after leading. Three, were we 3-1 up? Were we 2-0 up, I think.
3: I can't remember. I thought we were 2-0 down. Did we, oh, maybe uh, maybe we, did were. we were. Were we 2-0 down and came back 3-2? They then, definitely
1: so. equalised in the last minute. Lee Hughes equalised yeah. in the last yeah. minute.
3: yeah. yeah. So, so we
1: took two points in that weekend and that, that stopped because that stopped us <coughs> from going up that season, didn't it? Yeah. And that I was mean, under Peter Reid in 97, 98.
3: Yeah, and Mill I think Millsbury got did they go up with 92, 92 points was it? I think they got was in second place. I'm not sure. Behind um, Forest. Um but yeah, it was the it was feel like that was the that was the Easter weekend. Good Easter weekend, was it not? was the Southampton and, and um
1: you know, it's almost like we should have knew we were going to talk about this yeah. before. We should have. Uh, was that Selden where
3: Led, Ledbetter scored late on and Edwards? Was that an Easter weekend? I feel like it was. It was definitely like... Them
1: were, so that that West Brom game, some of them were losing 2-0. They were losing 2
3: and, and then they
1: went 3-2 up and yeah. then <clears throat> Kevin Kilban scored, can't remember. Yeah, he that. did, yeah.
3: I think they were about 2-0 up after about 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, they were. 11 minutes, 2-0. Yeah.
3: I'm I'm sure we I'm sure that um Grant led uh late yeah, it wasn't it it was an Easter, Easter, Easter. Monday
2: ninth of April. So I reckon it probably was. Yeah. Uh, so there you
3: go, that was a significant one. Who did we who did we play who did we play on the Monday? Uh,
1: I'm just looking So seven weeks so we played Wolves at home.
3: Sorry on the on Friday. The 7th, Wolves no. at
1: home on the seventh and then Southampton away on the ninth. Okay. So it must have been a Saturday, Monday. Situation. I remember that Wolves game actually; it was a big one that we won two-one as well. So, yeah, I can often make a break. It kind
3: not this weekend. Yeah. I think Daryl Murphy scored in that Wolves one. Got a vague recollection. What sorry? I think Daryl Murphy scored in that did, Wolves yes. game early That's on. A
1: good, I would never remember that. Daryl Murphy fair. and Ross Wallace.
3: Okay, I don't remember the Ross Wallace one, but I do. I remember Daryl Murphy. He scored right really early on. I think didn't he? Was it early goals? Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean that was a probably arguably so the reverse Sheeran weekend. That one wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, so Easter isn't all bad sometimes. Don't so know, I'm just scarred. Like it was just stupid, really, because like it was a good job we didn't go up that year because we had loads of injuries um, in the in the season where we absolutely walloped the league. But we did have like we lost. Like quite a few players to injury, and I remember we had Ditchy and Bridges up front for quite a lot of that um, sort of first part of that 105 point season, didn't we? Wasn't a bad debut, not bad debut news for Quinn and Phillips, but um, yeah, because Quinn was out for quite a while, and Phillips obviously broke his toe, didn't he? And he was out for about three months, two three yeah, months. Was, yeah. So obviously he might not have done that if we'd got promoted, but at the same time. <laughs>
1: It's just, it's just.
3: John it's, John Mullen was playing in tackling midfield.
1: Yeah, he was. We replaced Luke's late Clark. Got into yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. I think. Um. What? I just. And honestly, like you know, the Premier League seems just like like years away. But we in that period, in the most recent period we've had, where we are there like ten, eleven years or whatever it was, that was one thing I always missed. The only one thing I probably missed about. League football, not being in the Premier League, was the the two games across Easter because they don't do it in the Premier League. Do they? They just have one. Do they not? No, they generally yeah, just play it, on the yeah. they generally just play the one on the Saturday or the Sunday, and then the football league yeah. squeeze two in, and it's kind of like it's a good Easter tradition, isn't it? Yeah,
3: mid it is it is good like the 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 Easter, so, also like lots of midweek games in the in the in the in the, in the, in the uh, football league where you don't really get many midweek games in the Premier League, do they? Charles, you, you you used to be great in the Premier League because you always used to have like the first you had three games in the first week, didn't you? So you had like the midweek um fixture. So if you if you were away first game, you knew you'd be at home like on the Tuesday, Wednesday night. And then you had Because we obviously we had the uh, the Derby and the rain was on a I think that was the set, that was the uh was it actually no mine it wasn't the first midweek, or was it? might have been the second. The first midweek, it was a Watford game, I remember. We we beat Watford 2-0 yeah. at home. Yeah, we did after Chelsea, yeah. After getting wallop, yeah. So it must have been the following week, the Newcastle game. But yeah, don't really get midweek games in the Premier League, it seems. Unless they have to squeeze them in.
1: There's a few, yeah. A couple coming up, I think. Um, right, so... Um, Digressed there, haven't we? Well, that's fine, though. No. Um, did you actually play a bowling, by the way, when you went bowling? I'm just looking at the tweets we've picked up now. And somebody even asked, like Keith Cowan, asked the question: Did who won no, did bowling? Did you just no? We didn't play bowling. Although know?
3: on one of the screens, there was um, there was a guy called Benji and a guy called Frankie on the on the thing. So it was, it was like Benji Kimmyucker and Frankie Francis having like a little little game of uh, balls, balls, Bow, bowling, tenpin bowling. Yeah, what, yeah. what beer do you think they had on in, in the tenpin bowling bowling? There's a question.
1: Uh, I'll let you ask Phil that because I think you you shared this with us in the group
2: chat. Oh,
3: so did I? You, you
1: did, yeah.
2: What, what, what
3: beer do you think they had on in the bowling alley? Uh,
2: I'm going to go with that um, Madry. That seems right, to okay. get everywhere these days. Um,
3: yeah, that's one of them, you're correct.
2: Yeah. And then I'll go
3: with um, Stella. No, Carling was on there. Carling. Madri, uh, I should have got that. Sarah Prahman at the bowling alley. I mean, it? Uh, yeah, no. I know. Like Richard came back with the drinks. He was like, oh, they've got this and that. I was like, oh, great. I was expecting, like, we're just sitting there going, it's going to be Carling, isn't it? Just to make things even worse. Just sitting there. I mean, I mean, Madri is just like, it's Coos, isn't it? It's rebadged, probably. I've not, not
2: actually had it. It's like honest. kind of,
3: um, all the lads, lads, lads love it now, don't they? It's uh, just a very cleverly marketed sort of rip off of Australia. I think basically, that's the that's the crack with it. It's fine.
1: Well, I did ask people on Twitter what was the worst stag do or Adel birthday party they'd encountered. I didn't really leave long enough on this to get uh, an amazing uh, amount of answers. Really, uh, I just read I and mean, we time to Read them all out. Read a couple out. We used to get good quality answers this when we used to like give away match tickets as a prize and stuff. I'm not sure the club will let us do that at the minute. Um, so, um, I asked people had like, Joe Owens. Um, I had my stag dude Bolton away this year, that was a nice game. Um,
3: you have to play in the team as part of it.
1: <laughs> Loza has said, Hettin' the hall. The end, uh, I did ask him to elaborate, but he didn't. Um, you know, we don't want to be, we don't want to be critical of Hettin' the hall, but um. It would be good to get some background on that <laughs> as to why somebody would just decide to go to a pub in Hetton and have a stag do. Um, we have Stacey Spaces said, I was told about a David Brent pub crawl, Slough, Reading, Aldershot, Bracknell, Didcot, Yatley, Winish, <laughs> Tableau, and Burfield all in one day, traveling a minibus while hungover. Um, And if we got anything else? And then Matt Wilson, of course, has done a bit for us as well. Level 2 nightclub in Buxton. Currently rated 1 out of 5 on TripAdvisor and ranked ninth out of 9 for nightlife in Buxton. And then he admits that he organised the whole thing.
3: Well, the lad who was at the weekend told us that he was going to have to go on a stag do, possibly, the weekend of the playoff final. But it, I mean, it gets worse. The lads he's going with aren't going to be listening to this, so it's fine. Um
1: Twenty-first of I May. Mean.
3: But I mean, it's all—it's it's down to anybody what you want to do, I guess, when you stag do. But I wouldn't fancy climbing Snowdonia and staying in a um, in, in a in a hostel for a stag do. I think I'll leave that. So I mean, Woody, yeah, I bet he I like. I, like those he, trips, I bet he's he absolutely desperate for Sunderland to get the playoff final because I think I'd rather go to Sunderland, go to Wembley and watch Sunderland lose than go on that stag do. To be brutally honest,
1: I'm not sure what others stag <clears> do, but I do. I do like. Um, yeah, I
3: don't mind. The nice I do like the hiking, and up that, mountains, but like, and stuff. Sounds 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 like it's been overthought. Once me and Richard and in, in a car driving to it was before we did the live show, um, the brewery before the. Um, the what do you call it? Whatever Papa John's, whatever it was called at the time, trophy final, and there was really bad traffic on the outskirts of London, and there was this like limousine. I think no, it was like a big taxi with like obviously a, a hen party in it. And like we're in this traffic for about an hour and a half. We moved about 150 yards, right? But they were like deluxe. It was obviously the day after the first night, and they were white, like, and the Kevin having to stop the taxi and they were just all getting out just being sick all over the road <laughs> and then getting back in. But obviously they were just stuck in this traffic and it was, like, really warm. Oh, that must have just been hell. Just oh. these, they were just, look, they were obviously trying to go on to do the thing they were going to do on the Saturday. Um, You know when you're, like, going to Stag Do and someone's like, oh, we'll play five a side. And they know yeah. we won't. Yeah. Forget, don't do that on the next day. Just um, just I'm especially just... maybe in your twenties you can get away with it, but when you start again you your like late thirties, it's like, you know, don't. Just one one night's enough. And it's then it's where, now it's yeah. now, wait, were you pathetic? Right. So the pints in the bowling alley went for another pint, then we went for a curry. And had like a couple of I had a couple of glasses of wine, <laughs> then went back to the hotel and had a couple of whiskies. Two,
1: two that was, that was fun. nights, surely, for a stack doers. Was... It has
3: to be two nights, but I'm yeah. saying, like, I just feel now that that would give me anxiety thinking about it because it'd be the first night you'd be like, don't go too hard because you can't do it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you people who can help themselves, but or... well, that's what's good yeah, about the second yeah, day. Yeah, giddy, you just yourself, yeah. ease yourself back into oh, a door, yeah, it's a lot slower. Is anything, I mean, you know, what Phil, have you got any sort of wacky suggestions of what's acceptable wacky. for a, a stag do because I almost start slagging off suggestions and uh, and then Phil said oh yeah I'll sort something out like that <laughs> yeah. no no yeah. As, as, as you
2: both know I'm an incredibly boring human being with not much of a life outside of something in the FC I didn't so. say that no I said as you know not what you said but um, <laughs> yeah a stag generally to me is a, is a round of golf in a, in a few pints Um, that's about as exciting as it gets Um. But I certainly would not be climbing Snowdonia um, for a stag. Um, there is nobody in the world I like
1: enough to do that, to be honest. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think just you know, keep it at the, the pubs. Two nights on the drink is all you should be thinking about for any stag, uh, whether it's here
3: or. <laughs> Stephen or the low down.
1: Well, it is. You know, and if you, you want to go abroad and do it, fine enough. Or uh, you, know, you want to just go. You, ideally, you go like and leave. The North East, if you're living in the northeast, that would suggest as well.
3: Do you think, uh, Do you think like, so, because if you do want to weigh, like, I know, for the people who couldn't go to the one abroad, you have to have a home one, don't you, as well? Occasionally I've seen that happen, so yeah. So that's what happened with mine. Because um, I went to Munich. Because we are going to go, try and go to the football and then couldn't get tickets. So we just didn't. Um, Richard was sick in the street in Munich. Very gracefully. And um, we watched Tottenham against Sunderland draw 0 0 in an Irish bar in Munich. Um, and then, yeah, had a home stag too. And that was that. But, like, do you reckon it'll become that thing? Because, you know, like, people have now birthday weeks. That's become a thing. People say, no, I've got a birthday week. Mm. Do you think we'll have to start having, like, stag weeks, stag months, hen weeks? Could go on for how long? How long is this going to extend for?
1: Yeah, I went on one that was How long like, can we you three or four something. nights away a couple of years ago, but never longer than that. No, it's an interesting one. I think
3: um, Probably not for here, is it, though? Let's be honest. Last... We've probably already spun that one out far too long. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. What we should have done was look more in depth of previous uh Easter Yeah, we should have done games. that. If that yeah. was the road we were going to go down instead of just like, trying to think yeah. stuff off the top of our head. But never mind. That's just laziness,
3: um, isn't it? Ultimately, it's yeah. laziness and weariness. We're we getting to the stage of the season where it's like, you know done loads of these now Hmm. I mean you know we're like Ross Stewart have been flogged
2: that's just League One though isn't it like I was thinking this the other day I was like I I feel like the season is pretty much done and there's like nine games left or something and you're just like (laughs) how how can that possibly be the case like I think as well because so many of the games are so similar aren't they do you know what I mean like you just feel like you're watching the same game over and over again and obviously Sunderland always have two or three like major crises throughout the season. So does he just feel like you've been going forever? And then you're like, oh, there's like like nine games left. It's just,
1: honestly, well, League One's
3: brutal. And I can't then you're, it you're ready I've for got the end of the um, season and then was, by
1: June you're desperate for a start again.
3: I was talking about just this very thing the other day, Phil, and came up with um, the, the idea to fix it. And that is have a 100 teams and five divisions of 20 teams. a Professional and then each, yeah. each 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 league has, you know, the the thirty eight games instead of the forty six. There you go. More there's promotions theory, and relegations. There's my seat. Well, it would just be the same. So it was of like three, or no, three no, ups, But I feel like if you can do
1: five, you should, you should make them more
3: accessible. Like it's it, it pretty accessible. I mean. It wouldn't change. Be anything more exciting, like it. the
1: Premier League, if it was like five up, five down, it'd be much. Five, well, I'd be mad. That's
3: too. No, it's
1: not, it would be better. More, yeah, more teams would go. More teams would go and have the chance. Yeah, to the same earn, teams earn the go. Up,
3: the same teams would go up and go down every year. They wouldn't, man. They would like. They right. Okay. Well,
2: it would. It would be great though if they had five promotions from League One and someone still managed
1: to finish <laughs> yeah, the finish finish. six yeah, yeah. in yeah. twenty thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That would be definitely. kind of. That would definitely happen. Um, Yeah, right. Uh, The one, I mean, there was one last tweet I read out from Chris Bailey. Not really what happened on, not really what um, up. was a bad stag dude, but he just said that he was on a mate stag in Newcastle once and then they got a call from the bride to say the taxi she had booked for them to get home was early and on its way and not the original time. I don't know why she's booked them a taxi home. (laughs) Well, I do actually when you hear the conclusion. Um, and not the original time she'd booked, and then they went outside, stood outside for an hour and a half, and then the taxi turned up at the original time. And when they asked her, she said, "Oh, yeah, well, I would have stopped you getting another drink, didn't it?" And then, as followed up by saying they're now divorced. So, if it's okay to read that one out, that's
3: it's poor. That isn't it. It's poor. That's terrible. <laughs> I mean, why are you letting someone? What a strange why you, why? story. No, <laughs> no, why are you letting? Me, why are you letting me like? Why are you letting like your last book? There's lots of questions. There's lots do. of questions, but I think you know, yeah, we'll not we I just not. feel I just feel a bit cold after hearing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not very nice. Yeah. It's horrible, isn't it? Controlling. Very controlling. It is.
1: Just, it is red flags what, all over the place there. What a sad story for all involved.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. No
1: winners. No winners <laughs> out of that story, right?
3: Okay. Well, I know there might have been one.
1: Well, uh, the the end result the, maybe. Yeah. the divorced
3: gentleman. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Oh well. Um. Not sure how much of that we was was actually uh, <laughs> covered the game or was anything.
3: Well, you know. Remotely, well, Matt Rory uh, remotely t- resembling Matt and Rory. Meaningful conversation. Matt and Tom, do me. <gasps> you mean who are you? No. Know? No. So do you know what? They, they, that's that's the weariness there. I've gone full joking here. Just can't remember anything like, anymore. mentioned somebody's. X's name
1: at a at a, like at a couple's <laughs> gathering or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> sorry. Um, Matt and Tom will be back on on uh, Thursday. Sorry, Matt, for upsetting you with my silly intro of the reaction pod. I think he was genuinely hurt. So I'd just like to say sorry. Sorry, Matt.
1: Okay, there you go. Right, <laughs> we'll be back later on in the week. <laughs> As always.